take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. This We're in an air-conditioned place, but my God, it's been like living on the sun this week. That's, Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just, I've never, I've never liked it. As I said, as, as I was telling you this earlier, I like, I'm sort of physically more acclimated to it mm-hmm. and not handling it. There were a couple of worse. fatsos. That's the problem. Well, yeah, but I was that way. I didn't, I didn't just develop this. <laughs> so I came here like this. Oh, uh, as a fatso. Yeah. Yeah, but having but recently I've... made the journey, Tom, I think I have a fresher perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I I lugged this ship over the mountain like Fitzcarraldo. Uh, so, uh, Fitz, good reference. Fitzcarlo? Whatever. Whatever. I know what you, you know the yeah, reference, yeah, right? Yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah. A movie everyone knows about but no one's seen. Have you seen that? No, I have We not. should do that. Okay. I do like uh, Verna. Well, that's fine. I adore him, man. Let's do that one. God fucking I, Grizzly, man. I can watch that over and over again. Yeah, I think I saw it too many times. Werner Herzog is pretty... Is he 100%? By the way, I'm not saying all his movies are amazing, but yeah. they're all good, right? I, that I've seen, sure. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. Is he 100%? I think... Here's the thing. If he's faking 10% of it, Oh, no, no, no. I mean, are, and I'm sorry. That's a good question, too. But I meant, like, it, would you say, like, he always makes good movies? Oh, no. No, God, no. I saw Rescue Dawn. That was fucking terrible. It made me angry. Oh, okay. I he, he, made, he, made a, he made a He made a fictionalized movie uh, based on a documentary he did about this guy who escaped a POW. His own documentary. Camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I saw one about a death row and made that wasn't any good either. Yeah, this did. I, and, I, and I just, it was, I didn't, I hated that movie. It was he, not his, great. His voice as kind of the heart, no heart voice works sometimes. But this death row movie, he's he's filming a guy behind glass, obviously, who's on death row. And the guy's talking and it's like, it's a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't have empathy or sympathy for the the killer behind the glass, but you're like, huh, this is more complicated than I thought. And then every once in a while, but you know that you did do it, right? And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like a, a great symphony with a, a you know a, a ska band suddenly interrupting. It's bad, bad comparison. But... I enjoy the fact that you kind of did a little Christopher Lambert there. It was wonderful. I, you know what? I don't. Who's Christopher Lambert? No, Christopher Lambert. Oh, uh, Highlander. He's the star of Highlander. You know, he's this Belgian. Yeah. Uh, he was in uh, was a Tarzan Legend of Greystoke. He had like this brief flash. I don't want to be 80s. a, a, a saucy so and so, Tommy. You know that about me. I hate to be a saucy and salty so and so. Awesome ever. I want to like Highlander, but it's not good, right? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm just no. making sure. <laughs> Nobody would say that's a good movie, but okay. it, it's it's one of those movies that is. It has the quality of being consistent inside of the own universe. Its own universe. Um, okay. It has that. If you can, if you can, let go and just go into that universe. Yeah. Where, like people are clownishly evil and blah blah. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's one okay. of those things that movies does bring to us. I kind of remember thinking it was fun, but also thinking like, well, see, when I saw it, I think it was like kind of pre-internet. Right, so the conversation was just people occasionally talking about it. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, it's fun, but this isn't a good movie, right? No, and it isn't. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's got fucking, it's got evil immortals, it's got evil immortals with swords who have to yeah. cut each other's head off. It's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just dumb. It's just dumb mm, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, it's, like, it's like Jackass, but with more accents. Is our, no. <laughs> That's a great movie. Jackass? Oh, yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's definitely fun, and it might actually be great. I'm a little torn on that. Oh, okay. When I say, yeah, I'm just saying great movie, I mean, the experience of watching it is great. It's not, this is not fucking Bergman at I mean, all. The, the, there's no movie making that's great. There's not, there's nothing yeah. you can say, like, oh, it's kill camera the angles. Was amazing. Yeah. But it's, the, I mean, dare I say the writing is great. It's one of the few instances ever where <laughs> concept writing actually carried the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, well, this it's, is it's a dumb funny, I'm right? actually, yeah, this is a dumb rabbit hole I'm leading us down I apologize mm, okay um, alright so tell me I'm gonna make a bold statement here be prepared for some boldness baby mm-hmm. okay I can't think of a and I know you can so I'm ready for it and that's fine I accept it I can't think of a P.T. Anderson movie I don't think is great in fact I'm gonna go even further 
he might even be my favorite modern director. And I'm including Tarantino. Uh, I can't argue with that, actually. Isn't there one that you hated, though, The Master? Okay, here's the thing. That's a great movie. I just oh, don't want to watch it again. Oh, okay. It's just, it just, oh, I don't want to watch that movie. It's again. Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, it's just, it's, there's, okay, there's, that's there's, fair. it's such a rough thing. I, I don't mean, know if I want to watch it again either. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, I just don't want to watch it. I'm sorry, that's it. Yeah, no, 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 I, you know, I mean, as far as like, you know, modern directors. Yeah. He's like Tarantino without all the weirdness, you know? Well, I don't. I mean, I, mean, I don't mean to be argumentative, but director. he's got a lot of weirdness. No, it's, it's just not like, not well, not in his movie. I mean, the movies, yeah, I'm talking about in his in his regular. Life. Oh, he's not a a, a a psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's married to Maya Rudolph. I mean, I guess that takes some sort of whatever. I like her. I mean, she's. I don't know her. Who is that? I know the name, but I can't. Uh, place her. She is. I'm so far, I'm so old, man. Well, this is old too, so that's how old you are. Mm-hmm. Well, but I'll I'll join you in all this. She's a mulatto gal. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> she used to be on SNL. Um, oh, gosh, she's bingo! Now that She's kind of got some freckles. Yeah, freckles. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that's really not important. Although I think she does play a, a bit part in one of our an octoroon. Um, <laughs> she. Uh, oh my. Paul Thomas Anderson honestly has that quality that I ascribe to guys like Tarantino. Mm. I thought I did for a while with Scorsese, but there are too many exceptions. Um, some people do with Wes Anderson. I do not. Um, but just to sort of like put him in the rank of how people feel about him, mm-hmm. where every time I see a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie, I have that feeling inside of me like, remember this first time you got to see this. Because you're going to want to see it 20 times. Each time is going to be a little less than the last time you saw it. So mm-hmm. really enjoy this moment that's happening right now. And oh. that's, whew, I love them. Okay. All right. Now, now, let me ask you this. What about, like, directors who are great in a, in a, in a very specific way? So, for instance, Guy Ritchie. I like Guy Ritchie. I think he's really good. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, it's, I think Snatch is a great movie. Uh, yeah, exactly. But like, he does, Snatch. he does the same movie a oh, lot. Oh, I or the, see. Yeah, well, there's a could, flavor of movie that he does. You could have criticized Scorsese for that at one point, right? And then he did something admirable, which he started making a lot occasionally different movies some of them are great i think the age of innocence the adaptation of the edith wharton novel by scorsese mm-hmm. is a great movie some of them you're like huh maybe you shouldn't expand as much as i thought you should but then again when he makes the irishman which we both kind of thought didn't uh, it didn't stink, it wasn't awful but it, but it was, was yeah. then it's like yeah Dude, being so in love with robert de niro for fuck's sake you could have gotten a much better actor i mean he you were able to put makeup on him and goodfellas for those flashback scenes but you can't keep doing it <laughs> no, buddy no and his i have to say but i'm gonna in yeah. defense of 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 uh, scorsese in Please. particular mm-hmm. like you know he's got the same thing i was i would put him in the hitchcock category you know he's gonna you just put a director out there for 40 fucking years yep they're gonna drop some deuces oh for sure but the thing about him is unlike hitchcock where it's like you could see that arc of like frenzy family plot even like torn kurt it's like ooh, the arc is really the light is fading with scorsese it's just a come and go this new one i'm judging the book by its cover baby but this new one the october summer moon the the native american one right looks incredible yeah yeah it looks great you know but, but then you like Gangs of New York and then The Departed I love The Departed uh, of course Departed Gangs of New York I didn't care for no me neither New York New York not very good either great. what's that New York New York's not very good oh yeah you mean the city well oh, I never saw that movie uh, it's De Niro as a saxophonist and he's co-starring with Liza Minnelli okay yeah. It's like I admire the stretch, Marty, but uh, nah, stop it, dude. No, stop no, it. no. I mean, I loved. I mean, his early range was great. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Oh, that's it's right. Yeah, just one of my favorite movies. That of is, all time. and he did the last waltz, the documentary about the band. Yep. Robbie Robertson just died, by the way. Side note. Uh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Dead door now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so P.T. Anderson, it's like you know, I, <coughs> he's fallible. Yeah. It's a weird thing too because it's like, you know, that thing where. Like, here's a good example. There's a movie I keep trying to get you to see, Mank. You'll either like it or you won't. I think it's a flawless movie. But I don't think it's a 10. Which is which is totally... That makes no sense now, at all. How does that work? Well, I don't know. Like, like, I wouldn't put it in even my top 50. Although I really, really liked it. Okay. I'm not sure that it would crack my top 50. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not. Oh, so it must be one of your favorite. Are you? No, but I, but I just can't think of anything in it that could have been done better. Hmm. It's, okay. It's that well executed. Let's say not just apt, but like really like a, there's a vision there. Mm-hmm. There's a tonality. Tonality. Nice. Ugh. Uh, would you say a, a tomber, my friend? <laughs> um, oh, the penis anyway, extend. Back to, back to, back to uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, now he did a couple of movies. I still haven't seen. They're kind of like more independent movies. Uh, they're of the nature of like how Wes Anderson started with Bottle Rockets, a movie mm. that looks like a college film in a way. Right. And, and I'm interested in seeing the films, but the big breakthrough was his, I think, third movie. And we're talking 1999's Magnolia. Well, I was gonna know. Did Please? Magnolia come out before? Oh, what the? What's the one with the with the porno? Uh, yeah, it, it, it uh, did. You know what? Here's well. Here, okay, Wait, you so, know what? I, I, I talk about it because I'm gonna look that up. Uh, I can't remember the name of the goddamn thing. It, it's called Boogie Nights. Boogie but, Nights. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fuck. I thought that was his sort of breakthrough role. Now, here's the other thing. Hmm. I hadn't seen Magnolia until like maybe a year ago. (gasps) No, you're right. Wow, Tommy. I apologize. Yeah. Boogie Nights first. Yeah, that was like kind of the first I heard. And I hadn't even, and at that time, I hadn't even heard of Paul Thomas Anderson, really. He wasn't, he wasn't the sort of the breakout of there. Mark Wahlberg kind of was the breakout, you know? Um, From that movie. I guess so. so. Yeah, Yeah, but, but, Magnolia, I just didn't see it for the longest time. First of all, it had Tom Cruise in it, and I'm just not, as a rule, I'm just not nope. very compelled by Tom Cruise. He's compelling in this. You, well, yeah. I mean, this is, I would say this might be, this might be one of his best roles ever. I got to be honest. This and Tropic Thunder. Yeah, but I think, I, I mean, I know you're kind of kidding. I mean, he is great in it, but it's like, I don't even think you can put that on his resume, frankly. Which? Tropic Thunder. Oh, God, it's such a funny movie. Uh, it is. No, no, it's a hilarious. A it's a great movie, but it's just sort of this anomaly. It's sort of like, mm. oh, yeah, like yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. W.C. Fields and then talking about some walk-on he did on a like right, like yeah. Broadway of 1934 Babies oh, or right. something. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, uh, that's a reference everyone will get, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, no, Boogie Nights is, like, it was hard because we chose four movies, chose four movies. It was and, hard. Yeah, you chose two. I think two, at one I point, two. Two. Would, before, when we first started talking about this, were we at like six movies total? No, what happened is we kept changing them because it was like, well, we cannot, we have to include Boogie Nights. We have to include, and it's like, it, it, but I mean, you could reference Boogie Nights. I think it's a, it's a fantastic movie. I think it's, hold on, I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. And I don't think it's close to being his best movie. No, 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 it no. It just isn't. Well, I would say it's possible to say, although we'll see what happens at the end of this podcast, that uh, Magnolia is his best movie. I think it is. I mean, I mean, it's just a fucking stunner and and lattice work, and it's a kind of movie i hate because of the, the lattice work sort of the, the yeah, characters this, the fucking syriana bullshit that was just such a thing for what a is while. it syriana oh syriana that was a movie like that or drive or you know those those movies that oh, like drive. are just are those pieces that's the oh. the slice of life that goes it, you know the the raymond uh, carver yeah yeah short sort of approach yeah, yeah yeah that became like a thing for a while and this is far and away the best version of it hey man uh it's like anything else it's like don't do it don't do it and then when someone does it well you're like well fucking i'm glad you did it i mean i would say um the one of shortcuts is like that as well although shortcuts isn't as as fully formed it has some weaker spots than this one oh for sure for sure but i mean you know uh, I didn't. Did I tell you about this? I did see this one movie. Mm-hmm. The way we're getting off the fucking reservation all over the place today. Oh, no, no. This is a. This is a. <laughs> God damn. Um, this movie. It was called Gingerbine, and it was a. It was an Australian independent movie with mm-hmm. Laura. Uh, Laura Linney. I like it. Laura Linney. I fucking love Laura Linney. Yeah. So that That's was the big thing. And then I get get there and like I'm about a I'm about a quarter into the movie and I'm like, this is a Raymond Carver short story turned okay. into a full-length fucking movie oh they stretched it out oh no 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 and and what was funny is it was also one of the stories that was done in shortcuts oh that's interesting the ones so, where they it go wasn't on, good no it was terrible it was oh, just yeah. it, the one where they the, where the guys go fishing and they find the body oh yeah, yeah. It, this is it's just that for like almost three goddamn hours lots of staring into the middle distance just before oh my god yeah I mean, well acted, but it's Laura Linney. What do you think? Laura Linney's fantastic, but every once in a while she she takes on a project that's so Zolofty that it's uh, like, <laughs> I can't quite, it's like, come on, yeah. you put something into it. And to me, there's a film called You Can Count On Me. 
Okay. It has legions of it, of like rabbit admirers. And I tell you, it's nothing you haven't seen in an after school special. I it's, swear to God. Is this the one where her younger brother comes to About town? Mark Ruffalo. It's probably Mark one of Ruffalo. his first movies. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Broderick. I love him too. Yeah. It's just uh, boring as far as I'm concerned. Wow, Which well, is kind of, yeah. that's the risk of Laura Lenny. She's not boring, but she also chooses things with a kind of PBS mentality. Yeah, yeah. And it's I'll like there's a possibility of it I mean, boring. think about that cast right there, right? Beautiful yeah, cast. Beautiful cast. Love the cast. The acting is just off the chain, brother. But yeah, no, it was, you know, that was, you know. What, you because can tell me? Have it, you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw yeah. it in the theater a couple times. Get out. Uh, a couple times. One, I might have seen it a couple times, or at least once. Who were you was dating? Somebody, okay. Yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just one of those, it's a movie that's not really going anywhere and it's mm. very happy to do that. I guess. Anyway, uh, P.T. So, Anderson, sorry, this was my Well, point. I want to go, actually, I want to take a step back too, because we were also comparing P.T. to several other things. I would think the be- the only real competition I think that he has right now is the Coen brothers. Yeah, that's, I, that, There's yeah, so not to be neglected, the Coen brothers. Um, although I would say this. And maybe it's to their credit for maybe trying a greater variety of things than P.T. Anderson does. Although, God, he tries a variety of things. They do have a couple where I'm like, nah, but I mean, okay. I love, nobody else loves The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I think it's still more, haven't seen it. I've seen, love it. I've seen clips of it on my YouTube travels. But. I love Fargo, of course. Of course. Big Lebowski, I, I do really love, but I question whether I've just sort of just, I've done with it. I just can't see another viewing of that it's a really good movie it is good it's movie. a genuinely good movie yeah no question about it it's what else has he got movie. um barton fink i felt ambivalent about didn't see that i haven't seen there's several mm, that i haven't seen okay. yet and then there's some that i did see and i you know and i had to sort of grow into the movie a little bit you know well and no then, country for old man fuck such oh it's interesting because i hated it the first time i saw it and then i loved it i felt it was overrated the first time i saw it and then i loved it yeah that'll come up today for some obvious reasons and then i know that you dislike wes anderson and i don't begrudge anyone disliking wes anderson Mm -hmm. what there is there you either really like or you really don't like right um but he definitely i would say is this he's creative oh yeah and but one of my problems with Wes Anderson is the last couple of movies I think have been, eh, and it's because he's trying to do Wes Anderson and Paul Thomas Anderson, and it's like mm. you, it's just too much. You can't right. be weird visually, you but pick also, your Anderson. yeah, pick your. You gotta Anderson. pick your Anderson. I've always said yeah, that, Mister Anderson. Pick yourself. What? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fuck that. Let's get <laughs> back to Paul Anderson Thomas Anderson and Magnolia. Magnolia. God, what's your first... favorite? What's your favorite vignette? In this uh, movie? I, uh, when you ask that, I feel like you have one, and then <coughs> I feel like when you say it, I it's going to be mine do. as soon as you say it. Oh, <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna let me do a little uh, process of elimination. I do really love um, Tom Cruise in this, although him mm. by himself isn't necessarily my favorite. He's really good though. Yeah. Um. I think uh, Julianne Moore in relationship to Jason Robards mm. is very, very good. And so is, um, who's the dead guy? Uh, dead guy we love. Yes. The heroin addict dead guy. Holy oh, shit. Uh, Philip Seymour. Philip Seymour. He's also great. He's fantastic in it. So that sort of triangle in that vignette between them, I also love, but I'm going to eliminate that as well. I'll tell you what it is. I, I love the John C. Riley thing. Um, the cop. It probably is the game show. Okay. All right. Yeah. Although I also like William Macy as the the closeted uh, gay guy trying to get braces. Okay. Fair. Fair. And then for some reason, um, P.T. Anderson always has, I forget the guy's name. I saw him in New York one time in a cafe. This is uh, not bragging. Is um, Name dropper, if we can remember it. (laughs) That guy. Uh, Hector... He's a Mexican guy. He's got a strange, kind of a Frankenstein head, and he's in a lot of PTS. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know who you speak of. I never, I've never known that guy's name. He's great, that guy. Okay, no, he is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna go with the with the kid in the game show because it's like there's so between that and the the guy who just died last year, um, the library detective from Seinfeld, the Jimmy, the game show guy. Mm -hmm. He's the father of the the woman who John C. Riley's dating. Right, right. I, I would say that arc right there that's so fucking that's is my favorite one. i get it I, I have to say there's something more than almost any other actor except except maybe philip seymour hoffman yeah john c Riley gets at the mm. pathos of just a schlub 
He yeah. just like when he loses his gun. Yeah, that is one of my favorite. You're scenes. always on his side as a schlub, though, oh, whether it's that or yeah. Carnage or Cause just because, yeah. or you know, a Chicago. Even you know, he's, he was the only great part of that movie. Yeah, and I think what's weird is he gets his paydays. I think from the other movies, the sort of Will Ferrell type movies, and I, I even oh, love yeah. Step Brothers, by the way. But it's not where his. Did we just me... become best friends? <laughs> it's a great movie. It's I a really, little... I really wanted to hate that. It's thing. fantastic movie, <laughs> but but it's actually to me, it's where his bread and butter is. But yeah, to yeah. me, it's actually not where the gold is. The gold no. is when he's actually in a serious movie, yeah. and he's his tension, his schlubbery, his loserdom is actually where the funny is. It just yeah. pops out of it. He's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's such a great actor, and that is. Is one of my that's just one of my favorite scenes. I'd like when he loses his gun. Yeah, I just never felt worse for a human being like a cop losing his gun. Cops got to lose their guns once in a while, right? I, it has to happen. No, it's not. But, oh, but also in him. Oh, this might you might be bringing me over the way the movie essentially opens. And we will talk about the actual opening in a second here. But the way it opens with the first vignette where he's talking to the kid in mm-hmm. the neighborhood and he goes to interview the woman and there's nothing in that closet. There's nothing in that closet, and it is. A beautiful scene. <laughs> that the she, oh, I don't want to give away too much. Mm-hmm. But what about the opening it, itself? That opening could be a nightmare of an opening. Like, oh mm-hmm. my god, the three coincidences. Yes, it's brilliant. Oh yeah, of course. And then the ending of it as well. You mean the ending of the film? Itself? Yeah, the end of the film itself. Yeah, you, for sure. Are you what being the, you know, the front drop? Stuff? Oh yeah. I okay. mean, what a fucking. Some people hate that. How could you hate that? I, that's the thing I've heard about Magnolia over. I love the movie, but that frog thing, it blew it for me. And I go, ah, you blow your brains uh, out, why don't you? Because you're crazy. That, I mean, it's obviously biblical, but it doesn't even have to be a reference to, to liturgy. It's just fucking great. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. randomness. It, I love that. I mean, that's what we love about Tarantino sometimes, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. let's let's put all put our guns down, and I'm going to read uh, chapter three of The Great Gatsby to you, and like that'll somehow increase attention, and it does. Right, let's watch a movie about a guy making a movie. Wait, are you talking? Oh, once upon oh, a time yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. What a fucking great scene that was. Right, and 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 the slowing down, and so I don't mm. think P.T. Anderson does exactly that move, and it's almost patented Tarantino, right? Like the absolute slowdown, but there is a like. We're going to throw something mundane in there, and but instead of slowing it down, we're going to do like a ratchet, a mm. ratcheting up. And so <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would say with at least three of our four movies today, and it happens a lot in the next one that comes down the pipe, is music is just it's driving you crazy mm-hmm. like the 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 editing and following a character through a problem while the music keeps getting ratcheted up mm-hmm. drives you crazy now. I just saw Oppenheimer. You okay. haven't seen it yet, right? Yeah, yeah, no. Okay. I'm not a fan of Christopher Nolan. I hear that movie's a bomb. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, bomb. Oh. <laughs> um, it's a bomb. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's a bomb, that movie. I, think, I Can't thought it was. remember anything. I thought it was bombs. great. Um, and then I, I, I made, I used to consider this a mistake, but I think it's actually, it works for me. I started reading other opinions like, oh yeah. And it, it went from like a, like an eight and a half to like a seven. I still think it's a great movie okay. or a very good movie. But one thing about Christopher Nolan, I really don't, I don't like, I don't like most of his movies, but I don't like this move he makes, which is there's very few scenes in a Christopher, Christopher Nolan movie. It's like three scenes per movie. The rest is montage with music. Almost louder than the dialogue. Dun, 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 dun. And it's just like two hours of that. And Oppenheimer wow. had a bit Fuck of yeah. that as well. And okay. how come, I don't know the answer to this, it's a rhetorical question, but why is he, in my view, does not get away with it? And to some degree, P.T. Anderson, he doesn't populate the whole film with that strategy, but there's a lot of it. And I feel taken, baby. It's tense. I have to be honest. Reason, okay, so I would say this. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that in um, Nolan movies, but I don't know that I've, really notice that in a pt anderson movie so that's interesting to well me. i think even in this one you know let's look, look even the scene you're talking <coughs> about with a gun he's looking for that gun mm-hmm. it's like there must be 112 edits in it and then also it's like dun, 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 the music keeps getting faster yeah, yeah, yeah. and even preceding that when or, or maybe it's before i forget the sequence when he first meets the woman who's kind of coked up and she's trouble mm-hmm he, the it's under the auspices of her him going to her door because the music is like dun, dun, bah, 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 and she's going around all coked out in the apartment yeah. and so it goes from that scene where that's yeah, organically yeah, yeah, yeah. happening mm-hmm. to him losing his gun where it's it's happening through the, the, the filter of the soundtrack in a movie got it and, and even like hmm. a kid's quiz show 
Nothing could be exciting about that. And it's like they drive it with the music, the kid pees his pants, so that when that kid finally tells his father, Dad, you have to be nice to me, mm-hmm. there's no music, suddenly. Mm. And the dad, this is this is the brilliance of, of this movie, that's not the end of it. The dad says, get your clothes ready. He doesn't answer in any kind. He's never learned his lesson. Right. I, you know what? Fuck, now I've got to watch all these movies again just to keep my eyes peeled. For I'm gonna, that's interesting. Let me throw this out Some there. Some movies are really gross that way, but that's interesting because, again, I hadn't noticed it. Well, let me throw this out there. This is, I did just occur to me. I'm probably wrong. There's there's a, a Larry David had a, had a rule for Seinfeld, and it was this, n- no teachable moments. Right. N- please don't ever have a teachable moment. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if anyone ever learns anything in a P.T. Anderson movie. And maybe that's one of the reasons it doesn't feel stale or No, or I don't think anybody does. I think that's a really interesting point, yeah. Yeah, I get more of them. I mean, people, yeah, people continue through life with those lessons, but they don't, they don't necessarily learn them. I guess the worst, I guess the most, the most like that would be Tom Cruise and, and Jason Robards and, you know, in Magnolia, I suppose. Yes. But that never felt cheap. It didn't. That move, the movie earned that moment. And by the way... It had um, an element in it that could have. I've never yeah, yeah. S- the the singing that could have been the could have ruined the movie. And yeah, yeah. somehow, right, it worked. That's see, that's a, that's the mark of a great movie maker. The guy mm-hmm. who takes you close to like that horrible sentimental place, but yes. doesn't hurt your doesn't doesn't hurt you. Wallace doing it. Stevens, a great poet. Sentimentality is the one emotion worth risking. Uh, and it's a risk too yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. well speaking of sentimentality I gotta say this this movie also I adore because I have a thing and this is true in in like terrible fucking rom-coms I love genuinely damaged people getting together Mm. and the John C. Riley and the the nice lady with the uh, Mm -hmm. with the habit getting together I just that's I find that heartwarming and I wonder why (laughs) yeah I wonder too there's a man who uh, (laughs) doesn't who doesn't like encouragement in his life. You yeah. Know, this guy here. Yeah, I've never tried. I'm not fucking damaged. Oh, please. Uh, to encourage you, I mean. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, okay, so, oh, yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, the thing, I God, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but uh, my, my computer died, but the guy who plays her father and who's Jimmy, the host of the show. Right. I mean, and by the way, that lattice work, it's like he, John Z. Riley is going after this woman. She's the daughter of the guy who's the host of the game show. He's the host of a game show that Jason Robart's a dying producer. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's got this thing, and it's like, no, don't do it. You can't pull off 17 yeah. relationships. He does. I know. They I, all like, connect. I, I hate those sucking movies as a rule, but yeah. yeah I is, do, too. This is the exception to that rule. It's fantastic. And, I, and I, any movie in the hands of uh, P.T. Anderson, I would trust to do that. Okay. Although, the, to, to my point earlier... Uh, or maybe it was your point. I, if it was good, it was unlike good. unlike Scorsese. It's not like he he ventures out. Every single movie is something completely different in terms of what he's looking at. At the mm-hmm. porn industry, this thing, which is the lattice work, and the others we'll mention in a minute. But it's yeah. like it's like he is not afraid to to just you know open a dictionary and decide that he'll make a movie about something starting with the letter D. Right, but but like every great sort of auteur act, you know, mm-hmm. uh, director, yeah. He's got that one thing. It's always said in the goddamn San Fernando Valley. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, that's right. His, that, I never thought of that. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that, I thought everybody knew that because um, I've read it somewhere else. I didn't put it together myself. No, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah, of it's all it said in the San Fernando Valley. Wow. Which is kind of you know, of course, because that's where that's where Americans. That's that's where well, that's where porn's that, made. Well, there is that too, yeah, but yeah. It, it's just. What a, it's a perfect sort of pie slice of Americana right there. I mean, Fresno too has that quality in a way, but Fernando Valley, yeah, right there. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's also kind of like I, I may be stretching it to give him credit for bravery here, but it's like actually deciding to set things in the LA area mm-hmm. is itself a bit of a trap. I mean, that's what people do is like try to set things outside of the LA area, but it's like just keep it where you you're comfortable. Right, right. Well, yeah, he grew up in San Fernando Valley. It's mm. all like this is. You know, it's his comfort zone right there. Yeah. He's his. I, I think I have this right. I saw a movie about Bergman where six directors talked about him. I think Wes Anderson was one of them and okay. P.T. Anderson was one of them. And it's um, uh, Ingmar Bergman is uh, P.T. Anderson's favorite director. And it doesn't show. No. 
No, I don't think he's directly derivative. Not at all. In I mean, any that, way that I can that's one more thing of. I admire about him. It's like you I know, mean, there is dialogue. I love Tarantino, but Tarantino is famously just sort of taking, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, and you can draw the line. Homage via pastiche, via, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even between Scorsese and um, uh, 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 what's the Japanese director uh, Kurosawa. Uh, Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can draw a direct, more direct lines mm-hmm. between any of those, and it's like he is, he is definitely on his own path level whatever you have yeah magnolia is uh that's another one where it's like i can't think of uh, you know how that movie could be made better yeah, yeah but yeah, it's, it's only because i lack the imagination to think about the, that type of movie to begin with so i'm kind of at a disadvantage yeah if i were to make a movie and believe me i thought this thought it would not be one of these it would not be this you know this this lattice as you say of stories Ugh, it, it's just Look, it's right. so unappealing to me as a rule and god damn it this is such a good and this is, yeah. I think the directors we really love, and Scorsese doesn't fall in this category, but the, the, the generation after him that you and I really love, they have, all have a quality of like, you imagine like, how the fuck did, did, did this get greenlit? Oh, yeah. Before, yeah, yeah. like the first couple of times. That's kind of true of everything pitched? Paul Thomas Anderson That's what I mean. Does. Uh, you know, I think I have an idea too, actually. By mm, Rudolph. What's that? Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to say, uh, like, taking a book from fucking uh, that guy right over there, Woody Allen. Yeah. I mean, none of his movies are very expensive. Oh, okay. I think the frog thing was the most expensive thing in the right. goddamn Magnolia. Right, you right. Know, the, the sets and, and, those, and those are fucking everywhere. And he has his rotating cast, you know. He, uh, oh. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in three of the four we're going to talk about. And yeah. four, if you count the fact that we talked for a second about Boogie Nights. Yep. I'm yep. so stupid. I'm so stupid. Oh, oh, oh. fucking. But it, for my money in that movie, William, William Macy, just when that fucking scene. When everyone's railing his wife oh. in, in the driveway. Quit being a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Oh, my God. That's uh, a sad sack of the century. Oh, oh, he's great in that. Oh, William H. Macy as a sad sack is one of the greatest things ever. He's a pretty good actor. Yeah. Ah, he's great. Mm-hmm. Forget, oh come on Fargo fuck just an asshole who needs a little embezzlement money oh, you're a back. liar you're a fucking liar <laughs> oh he's so good and that was early Bajemi right also that movie I don't know about early but yeah. that's 96 what did he do before that I th- my favorite Bajemi role uh, was his first role was in fucking Pulp Fiction I'm, it's not my favorite role, but it's... Wait, what's he in in Pulp Fiction? I'm blanking. No, he's the fucking... He's the Buddy Holly waiter in the in that restaurant. Get out of here. That's fucking C. Buscemi. No. Yeah, it's for a speaking role. Wow, that's good trivia, man. All right. We, I mean, there's I feel so like much... Weird, we could we do three hours flex on... thing on <laughs> yeah, It was great. We could do three hours on Magnolia, but I mean, it's nah, just a fucking great movie. Absolute masterpiece. I... Masterpiece. Now, when you... Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go on. When you chose the second movie, I thought to myself, God damn it, Tom. You had to choose the movie that's mm. probably fucking terrible. Mm. Why did you do this? Oh, an Adam Sandler choice. Thank you, Tom. There's a ruined quarter of our podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I saw it 20 years ago. Now I'm going to have to say this. I think I saw it on a vac- on one of my last vacations with my first wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I even remember turning off and going, ah, this movie stinks. Fucking Godfather. <laughs> anyway, it's click. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's I have I have recent watching bias, so I'm probably going to rank it higher than I should. Uh, in his in his uh, fucking great movie, best thing Adam Sandler's ever done. Yeah, I was so surprised when I saw this. I don't know why, I don't know how I wandered into it. I've been avoiding Adam Sandler for a long fucking time, mm-hmm. and this is the movie that was designed for this fucking guy. I don't have an Adam Sandler problem per se. The first two movies I like, and Billy Madison and uh, the golf movie, mm-hmm. uh, totally fun. Um, I've seen him do things where I'm like, okay, Rain on Me with John, uh, Don Cheadle, yeah. um, uh, the uh, Uncut Gems. Uh, I still haven't seen Uncut Gems. It didn't quite to, work yeah. for me, but it's like I admire what you're doing. Yeah. But this is a whole different thing from either of those. This is. He's great. He's perfect. It's great. Uh, Everything's great, and and I have the biggest crush on that woman in there. Something Watson, I can't remember. Uh, she's a little, yeah, a little, um, yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know. Name. She's kind of, she's oddly sort of plain, but in a really sexy kind Who's of the way. Who's woman in HUD? 
Patricia O'Neill. Patricia I once O'Neil. said about yeah. her on this okay, podcast right. that she, she comes pre-beat up. This woman kind of has that yeah, sort of quality, quality too, right? Yeah, 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 I know what you're saying, though. She's likable. She's a really good actress. Like she's Great been good, actress. One of my favorite dark fucking scenes in any fucking movie was in a terrible movie called Red Dragon where she's blowing a serial killer. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's so hot. Huh. Well, he's watching well, videotape of the next family. According who's gonna to kill. some Christians, if she swallowed, she is a serial killer. Hey! Wow. Just, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Okay. Well, some Christians. Anyway, so... Uh, um, but anyways... This, this fucking, fucking great. This movie is a fucking gem. And I think it's the movie that's kind of about the least. Yeah, in a way. It's it's a it's a, a movie that's about miscommunication, mm-hmm. uh, revenge. But what keeps it sort of going the whole time is that Adam Sandler's character is someone who cannot speak up for himself. At all. Unless and, he's beating a dog up or something. <laughs> I mean, I made that up, but it's like... Oh, that moment where he's visiting his family and his and his yeah. sisters are just... Or in the bathroom at the restaurant. Gross and abusing, and he just kicks the shit out of a window. Yeah, he's... Oh. And, but it starts off... It's another one where it starts off, and it's like... You know, I'm not giving too much away, but there's the... Not the piano, but with the harpsichord or whatever it is. Yeah. A, and, and a car accident, and you think, all right, wow, flashy P.T. Anderson, mm-hmm. come on. And and within 10 minutes, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm in, I'm in. Okay, so that's another thing I think that P.T. Anderson does. He really sort of... He, he really flirts with Twee a lot. What's Twee? Just something that's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. And sort of randomish, and I hate that the pudding thing, and the, I hate that kind of thing. Oh, a wall of pudding. Oh, I guess we're supposed to be impressed by this weirdness. Yeah, or or, or like the piano falling off the back of right. the truck, you know, something like that. And and he, but he does it so. The other person I think that most does this is uh, the other Anderson, Wes Anderson. Yeah, Wes Anderson, and I just like I like what PT brings to it somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's. You're right, because that's, I mean, it's just, there's just, like, ridiculous moments like that, like the pudding, mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. But for somehow, it just, it builds the character. It just builds the movie itself. Yeah. You know, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, great fucking, I've never seen anything I didn't like him in. Uh, yeah, I actually think it's, it was the only kind of weak-ish spot. Not not his whole role, or even the character's role, uh, mm-hmm. Philip the actual confrontation. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what they could do with it, but it felt like the least kind of complete part of the film. Right. But, uh, but I mean, it still was fucking great. Yeah. I, mean, but I think that's kind of what I mean when I say it's this movie, his movies that, this is one of his movies that's kind of about the least. I think that's kind of what I'm talking about. But, but it seems a little a, more cobbled together. Than he's most. not afraid to push the least. It's like, no. when you say the least, it's like, it's not that it's not in your face in a weird way all the time. It's that you have to stand back and go, wait, what actually has happened here? It's right. like a small thing. Boy meets girl. They're both fucked up in the head. It's perfect. It's but a, if, yeah, but if I were this guy, I would just solve this problem easily. And usually in a film, when I think to myself, why doesn't he just do this obvious thing? The film's over. It, it makes me not like the film. Opposite mm. with this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. Good choice. Thank you for doing it because it really pushed me outside a movie that I was sure was like a movie I kind of wanted to have I horse still, blinders on about P.T. Anderson. Yeah, for the life of me, I could not imagine why I went and saw this movie. I don't remember the circumstance. Did you like it the first time you saw I it? I loved it immediately. Yeah, it's um, almost immediately. I was like, oh, fuck, piano. Yeah. And then I got into it. Yeah. And because it's, this is like. Yeah, there's never been a character that was more Adam Sandler than this movie. Yeah. And he was he's never been better used than in this one. And it's also it's got something classic also. I would I would uh, point to my favorite writer, um what's his name? <laughs> I can't think of the name of my favorite writer. This is Gary Dreiser. Theodore Dreiser, in that it's like, oh, an L, like a driving force is going to be something bad continually happening to someone. Mm-hmm. And not many people can pull that off. But also, P.T. Anderson does this thing where he slips, he misdirects all the time. When she brings the car in, I was sure that car was going to be towed or some mass. And nope, that wasn't a problem. Right. The pudding stuff never came up as a problem. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just like you're not sure where the problem's going to be, but there's going to be a time bomb. Yeah. This and is, it's going to go and, off. And it's going to be this fucking man baby's impotent rage <laughs> just the most but you can sympathize with them oh, you can sympathize is it, yeah. oh my god i would oh my god i would have such a such a like oh, sister scalps on my wall yeah oh my god <laughs> oh that really bothered you that's oh it. that's that that's right up that's, there it's funny because you know if i may break eight the, and a half break okay. the fourth wall here uh-huh no, but no scene has ever reminded me more of any time our family gets together. <laughs> that scene. 
yeah, that's me shaking my whole body in agreement right. on that. Yeah. Maybe just, that's why we like it. Every, every, it's just every single time there's a moment that's like nearly unbearable. And yeah, I, yeah. It's a pretty... One of the reasons I will never quit smoking. It's an, I need to get the fuck out of that room. It's an unbearable moment. Mm. Wait, are you talking about our family? Well, that too, but but in the film, it's, most of his films are full of unbearable moments you can't yeah. help but love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. fucking lovable because the women are like... But I'm, you know, I was really reminded of Eight and a Half on that one, so maybe that's uh, oh the Fellini, yeah, yeah, the one the, the scene mm. where like all it's a dream sequence he's having, yeah, and like the women are like oh. praising him and loving him and then turning on him, <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah, 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 oh man, yeah, I mean that's the thing, that's a good call because I would say like Fellini, I guess we can we can bring I back think Fellini is not a bad. Um, point for paul thomas anderson yeah there's qualities well here's the difference it's like he he (coughs) takes from those masters all this sort of like neorealism or dreamlike or Mm. like gabriel garcia marquez moves but he just he just sort of pushes them over into actual life yeah 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 yeah. right and it's like that's that's a fucking trick man yeah he's great uh, we're halfway through the, the oh man our blowjob this gonna, fucking director I man was just about to say that exact same thing yeah but I if we blow PT Anderson oh baby Mark, Mark get the balls Joey get the balls alright okay can we move on to the next one yeah just isolate that last clip and put you know make it's it gonna a be in the new intro yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah move the balls work the shot okay 2007 so now we move forward to 2007 I think I think Punch Drunk Love was 2003 or 4 somewhere in there somewhere Mm-hmm. 2007 to There Will Be Blood. Now, this was my choice. And I'm going to say this. I didn't think about it when I chose it because I have, I always loved that movie. But it's kind of whatever P.T. Anderson does, and he does a lot of it in this movie, it's the least of that. It's maybe the most quote-unquote traditional of his movies. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, cool. I mean, it's it's thoroughly based on a book, right? Uh, Upton Sinclair's oil yeah. uh, exclamation mark, yeah. which I've never read of you. No, no, I mean... Up to the, I've read The Jungle. He's mm-hmm. he's a nearly unbearable writer. So, uh, yeah, but he's what saves him is not his writing; it's, it's his, his interest. He's yeah. interested in things, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's cool so, that he adapts that. He, I'm sorry, P.T. Anderson adapts it. And go ahead. No, no. I mean, he. So it's it's a clear adaptation from a book to a movie. Yeah. And it's a more straightforward character study, and it doesn't have it doesn't have his comedy. I'm not saying there aren't moments that are oddly funny. It weirdly funny. Like, 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 yeah, he's got that thing where he'll take that, he'll make that, he'll make that, he'll make it break and not bend. <laughs> he'll do that. Like, Wait, if it bends, it's funny. Like that fucking bowling ball scene at the, that, that yep, whole scene in the bowling alley at the end is nuts. And if, and if you, and if you step out of your own soul for a yep. second, it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny about that. Oh I, I hadn't God, thought I about this so far is, is now let's bring in the Coen brothers thing, because that was the year that the huge divide was, um, no country for old man or there will be blood. Like, which is a better movie. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it was like a 60 or 65, 35, 40 split toward no country for old man. But mm. I was on the other side. First of all, I didn't like no country for old man the first time I saw it. But then I even now I'm like, oh, it's a great movie. But this is to me still a better movie than that movie. But here's the weird thing: they both have an ending that people have a hard time dealing with. Oh yeah. No Country for Old Men has the, the Sopranos cut, right? Yeah. The, it's yeah. like, what is that about? Is that the end of the movie? How can yeah. they do that? Like Which the, is the like anti fuck you. the anti soundtrack throughout the movie. Oh, good call. Yeah. Uh, which oh well, that's different from this movie. That's for sure. Because yeah, yeah, like yeah. Punch Drunk Love mm-hmm. before it, that they actually share that maybe only that in common the driving fucking <laughs> soundtrack right and what the hell is his name who uh america's greatest actor baby he's in this movie not phyllis Herman hoffman that uh oh daniel day daniel day lewis well, he's is, not american though but we've we've he's, taken him in. he's irish is he yeah, I guess that makes very sense. Irish. I didn't know that. Name of the father. Well, yeah, but who could tell with this guy? He's a fucking well, he's a yeah, rich little. I mean, the you know the other. I, I have actor. said this many times, as though I invented it, but I think somebody else said it. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, why is uh why is Lincoln hanging out with those actors? Man, that's fucking weird. Oh yeah, because he, he's just such a. He, I mean, I have no idea whether Lincoln sounded that way. By the way, but I'm did. convinced that he did just yeah, by Daniel Day Lewis. He had a high, squeaky, weedy voice. Yeah, mm. he's famous for What's that. What's going on? And I think there might be a record. No, there's no recording. But Mary had a little love. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's just. I mean, 
You talk about an actor of a generation. Yeah, that's this is our generation's best actor. Well, no, but that's, I don't think there's a there's a. Oh. Well, I mean, that's I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's the other guy that's put there. Yeah, but he, I'd say he's a little younger than us. Or is he about the same? Yeah, you're right. No, he's the same age. So I would say those two. Now, some people will say the Different second kind of category would be like Joaquin Phoenix. Who, Joaquin Phoenix, for sure. And somebody. Anyway, anyway, I don't get too mired in that. But this movie is, I mean, it's the most traditional in the sense of like, it has a clear, like, linear plot. Right. And the, the plot is very American in the sense that it's about, like, you know, oil, um, greed. Right. It's got a three-act structure. It's got a three-act structure. But it doesn't let you off the hook with any of those fucking acts, though, which I think no. is very interesting. No. It's, it becomes it's a painful movie. And it's also like the, it's tonally way different from anything else P.T. Yep. Anderson does. Not that those other are all the same, but there's some brightness. There's zero brightness mm, yeah. like for the eye in this it's movie. And it perfectly matches the soul of the movie. study of sociopaths bouncing heads off each other. Well, so it, paths, right? Because yeah. it's like Daniel Ooh, D. Lewis. Sociopaths. It's a path, Daddy-O. I came to a sociopath on the in fork the road. Of the road. Uh, yeah, all right. I'm down the one less traveled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Fuck. anyway, Paul Dano, uh, you think, is the antidote to his... Mm, right. Yes. But he's also an insane preacher I and abandoned my child. I've abandoned my child. That scene, by the way, this is not my observation, but I thought it was really interesting. The way P.T. Anderson directs Somebody's going to die eventually because, and and also with a method actor like Daniel D. Lewis, because when he has Paul Dano's face in the mud and he's dragging him around, was how were they sure he wasn't going to kill him? I mean, it was crazy. All right, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is. I mean, that was a better point in my head than it actually sounded, but it, it's interesting. I mean, it's really it's not method acting, and it's not method directing, mm-hmm. but there's something about it that like refuses to un. Um, couple itself from real life. Yeah. Which is maybe a little different than the other three films. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the others are, are, you know, a lot of dreams, you know, a lot of sort of dream logic going on in them. Yeah, that sure. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this one has this the driving there dun, 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 yeah, for like yeah. 20 minutes at a time as the yeah. oil rig explodes. And the, I'll tell you this. You if, you want to, if you want to do the comparison, Daniel Day-Lewis, mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman. We just said that. If you were alive. I know. I'm just oh, going back. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm revisiting it, Please. Joseph. Revisit. I would rather, much rather hang out with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. I imagine Daniel Day-Lewis is a, just an intolerable... Fix, my friend? A little heroine? I don't know. Yeah, I can lose the weight with him. <laughs> no, I imagine Daniel Day-Lewis is just a fucking, is like almost intolerable in person. Yeah, I don't know. I have no... No bead on that. My I mean, you might do the same thing carry about him around, <laughs> like on the fucking set. Oh. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you know what's? But here's the thing. He'd be unapologetically a cunt about something. Um, sh- uh, Sean, what's his name? Uh, Spicoli. Bean. Oh, Sean Penn. Oh, Sean yeah. Penn is the same way. But I like Sean Penn, and he's talented. But you're no Daniel Day Lewis, so fuck off. There, there is that too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, Daniel. Yeah. Mm. Daniel Day Lewis actually became a cobbler. I fucking love that. But Sean Penn, when he played Milk, he actually homogenized himself, ah, which yeah. is a real commitment. With cock, it was weird. Really committed. <laughs> really, really got into that role. Butter milk. Mm-hmm. All right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. The thing about There Will Be Blood is I don't know that there's as much to talk about. We can praise it. We can talk about the general plot, which we did a little bit. And we can talk about the intensity of the actors. And I guess that last scene is worth visiting for a second. But the but acting that, is the acting in this movie. It's this fantastic. Is a fucking, I'm going to say this. I think I'm Paul finished. Thomas. Oh, I think Paul Thomas Anderson yeah. is the is the he might be just the best acting director right now. Well, I mean, George Lucas is great, but him. yeah. The, listen, motherfucker. Every part of the Buffalo, motherfucker. Okay, okay. Okay, motherfucker. You know what? I didn't, like, want, to op- I didn't so. want to open this door. <laughs> okay. But if you're going to open it right now, what's with the Indiana Jones hatred? Not you, but of people. Maybe you too. Because number four was fucking awful. But I don't get it. Every other movie has exactly the same amount of ridiculousness in it. Uh, in number two, he pulls a beating heart out. In number one, he they doesn't. open a chest... And and the guy's face melts. And number three, they meet they meet the Knights of Templar in a cave. Yeah. So this one has aliens, and people are like that's crazy. Why? Uh, if if first off, they had to. They always try to up the ante. First off, nobody survives a nuclear blast in a fucking refrigerator. A. Let's, they met the Knights of Templar in a cave in the previous one. Yeah, Where, that, where's the line? You for know what you? that is? Likelier. That's fucking likelier. <laughs> 
Right? <laughs> fucking, the, the Nazis had some kind of jungle chewing fucking machine. And, 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 but also and, the and Nazis the one, in the first one, he and, opens the ark and his face melts off. Like, yeah, where's so this invisible line for yeah. you? No, I, I, All right. Okay. What else? Also, he's fucking 80. He can't do the fucking stunts anymore. Yeah, but the, he, it saves it with this uh, line. And he, they're going to shoot him. Any last lines, Dr. Jones? Yeah. I like Ike. Come on, that's classic, right? I just have no idea what you could possibly go and be going and okay. Uh, oh, and then, and then the, the worst fucking uh, oh, just one of my one of my least favorite, the most teachable moment in any movie ever. Oh, what did, what did you do? I forgot this. Oh, knowledge was their treasure. Go suck my balls. It's Indiana Jones. Suck That's my in every balls. single one. Of, this belongs in a museum. Every movie is exactly well, the same. Well, right about that. So why is this one any different? I think fucking atomic lasers was these fucking people's treasure. Mm. Knowledge right. was their treasure, you cunt. Well, all right. Ah! Back to P.T. Anderson, where we can agree. Fuck P.T. Anderson. <laughs> We're talking about Indiana Jones. I don't like him anymore. Um, okay, so can we move on to the fourth one? I think we can. Okay. Licorice pizza. It's we should have probably moved. We should have gone out of out of order and put this third and then done. Because because it's it's kind of in keeping with a... Yeah, it's much more That's much yeah. more of a piece of the Well, the it's other already two. done. It's oh, already okay. uh, I'm going to say hey, this. Hey, editor, this, this get on that. This doesn't even capture what I adore about the movie. It, it, so it might seem really insanely incomplete as, as an observation. But I'll just start with this. Mm-hmm. We have talked before about this delineation. There's like movies for teenagers, which are almost like going all the way, joysticks, Hollywood nights. Oh, from then, our time, yeah, not today. Well, no, well, let's just say in general. And then there are movies where, well, some of them, like one is is Booksmart. I don't know if you've seen that one. That's a great one mm. um, from maybe three or four years ago. Um, Porky's uh, uh, a Greta, Greta Gerwig's. Um, Lady Bird. But but then I'm thinking like when we go back to um even the first one, which is American Graffiti, where it's like, oh, this isn't this is taking what could be a genre and heightening it to like, oh, this is actually a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, American Graffiti, by the way, I it's a good movie. It is, but over time it weakens a little for me. But but you know, uh I think the classic example is um Days and Confused. Okay. Like that's a fucking great well, movie. We're talking about coming of age movie. Let's let's say the only reason I'm hesitating is all because because to merely reduce this to a coming of age movie is the mistake. But let's just say that we can call it a coming of age movie, mm. right? Yeah. Days and Confused is great. This is vastly better than even Days and Confused. Is it? I think it is. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I think Days and Confused is a fantastic movie. Agreed. I don't know that I agree with you on this one, but let's keep going. Okay. Uh, because it's got. <laughs> I think that this movie is like a heightened, like a good quality coming of age movie. Okay. And then it's got P.T. Anderson doing it. So it's got all of the, let's call it not quite lattice work because it's not like the different characters, but the mm. crazy amounts of twists and turns it does, not only with characters, but what happens in that plot. It's like, I never expect it coming. It's got all the the fun stuff, the the, <coughs> the William Holden Rex Harrison thing in in the restaurant, the Barbara Streisand's lover, yeah, um, played by Bradley Cooper. Uh, many of these people just sort of coming in to do like a cameo, essentially to sort of be part of this this scenery. The 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 woman who's I guess the guitarist from the rock band Haim with her sisters, and by the way, her sisters and her mother and father are in it, and kind yeah. of like bit parts there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't know this was the first time I saw it. Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Is that who the kid is? Yes. Go fuck yourself. Nope. Okay. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Well, I, see, I like that movie. I like the movie even better now. <laughs> yeah. And everything, even the little, like, I mean, there are scenes in this movie, and this is, I think, probably of all his movies, the one that does it the most, if you think about it, where it's slowed down mm-hmm. to this intensity. The scene where they're both, he and, and the woman are talking to the, um, the agent. And it, it slowly closes in on her face as she's giving this long-winded speech about being too Jewish mm-hmm. in your profile mm-hmm. is just fucking brilliant. The oddball, the guy who owns the restaurant and he keeps going through Japanese wives. And then he keeps he keeps doing the, oh, oh and then so what does she say? Oh, I don't know how to speak Japanese. <laughs> It's fucking, I mean, everything, the whole, the waterbed, um, waterbed sub, subplot, even the opening scene where he's lying on the waterbed and he's getting convinced by, um, 
Who's that fucking Freddie Fender looking uh, water water waterbed salesman guy? I mean, he looks like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, a, a fucking extra from a Cheech and Chong movie. Right. Um, I mean, everything. And I, I could pass it off as like, oh, it's so well stylized. And if it were only that, I'd still love the movie. Because I love really well stylized movies, but it is much more than just stylized. It's definitely stylized. That is for sure. I yeah. think that I think honestly, I don't know if you could do a movie set in the seventies, yeah, and anchor it in the seventies. I don't think you could do better than using waterbeds. That's that, great, that's yeah. just fucking amazing. Yeah, that's yeah, so yeah. well done. Yeah, that's such a time and place thing. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, I you know, and also I so I I have to, I'm going to be a little bit careful with this movie. Okay, because you mentioned it to a certain degree. I mean, just the fucking theme of this goddamn podcast right here. There's some part there. This movie is almost designed for me to just love the fuck out of it. This movie, yeah, yeah, right. I right. mean, just with all the old Hollywood oh, references. Oh, okay, just, so you you're trying to remove yourself from yourself I, in a way. It's so hard to do, man, yeah, because yeah. just like you know that mm. you would put like a '70s Bill Holden in a movie, and you and I know immediately. Oh, she's she's auditioning for Breezy. Yeah, we knew it immediately. immediately. Yeah. yeah, like that's one of my that yeah. was one of my favorite movies. Well, for we a said weird this about Once Upon a Time in America and the and Great Escape scene. Oh, Once it's Upon like, a Time in Hollywood. I'm yeah. sorry, in Hollywood. No, like, no, it, it did, they both me? came out at kind of the same time, dude. Right, was, right, right. Oh, I I don't know that I've ever enjoyed two movies ever more yeah. than these two because I love that kind of thing. Right, right, I right. I love right. the homage to, to Hollywood yeah. of that time and place, the sure. 60s and 70s. Yeah. Such a fucking... So, so so this movie gets me right where you no, know, that's a fair where thing I to mostly note about actually yourself. have feelings, you know. Yeah, maybe I should be thinking about that too. To what degree am I is the natural nostalgia sort of draw me to it? But I still I I I I think I have a feeling if I were very honest about it, I would still call it a great movie. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely is. But I think it's probably a little. It feels more personal than his other movies to me yeah i agree Just with that, that too. And, well here's a good example i didn't no tears arrived but it was i was breathy when he is arrested at that convention uh-huh. and then she's waiting outside and he comes running out to her and they're running along the the, the, the fence I, I i mean it's just yeah. like oh yeah. god damn it god damn it this motherfucker does whimsical better than anybody he he pays yeah. the price for his whimsy. I don't know who, who else P. T. to put. Anderson? Yeah, P.T. Anderson, yeah. A I lot of people just do whimsy. I know <laughs> he it's paid a, the price for his whimsy. I feel douchey no, no, saying that, ahead, but it's just like he 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 earns he earns those moments, you know. Oh yeah, he earns the moment. Yeah, no, because it's what we were saying previously, like the risking sentimentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's always paid off so far. Yeah, so far. I mean, I have to admit this. There, there's something called like. Max uh, is going to do Sophie's Choice, the music. Six the hard way or something. The first two movies he's made, one of them was with Benicio del Toro. I always see it at the bottom of like the his the greatest P.T. Anderson movies, and mm. those are always at the bottom. A little bit of me unfairly is like. Well, as long as I don't watch those two, I can say he's a master at everything he's done. So I should probably go see those two movies. Sure. But, mm-hmm. And then we could shit up, shit on him in this podcast, wow. you know, his early work. But my God, I, this guy is, he's just got imagination galore and he executes it with, I don't know what, what, the, what the modifier he, is. He's but. the guy who's sort of like, I think he's kind of redone the Slice of Life movie. I think we've had this conversation before. Slice yeah. of Life movies can tend to they've they've started to bore me a little can bit. Can you can you think of one that that you could make the case for as like yeah this this slice this slice of life movie Ugh. so I kind of like because I, I I'm not ignorant to what you mean by so slice I'm going to say life, Slice but... of Life is almost a tone. I okay. think what I'm talking about is almost more of a tone. Yeah. Than than an actual. I don't know, I'm going to be full of shit on that one. I don't know how to think about it. So I would say like that movie Gingivine. It's trying to be important and slice of lifey. Mm-hmm. It just couldn't be because it's a fucking Raymond Carver short story. Uh, it just isn't enough story there at all. Well, Almond kind of it, it can do that once in a while. I don't right. know if you see. Nash. And he could do a little bit of uh, lattice work too. You know. Yeah, that's all. Well, definitely with shortcuts, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I I I think. I mean, look, it happened with Tarantino, by the way. Love, 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 unashamedly, the Tarantino hated the Hateful Eight. Didn't like it. Didn't and, like it. I've had a friend tell me that they loved it the third time they saw it. Well, I don't I know. Just can't. Uh, um, Scorsese doesn't have quite the track record of I love everything, but I'm willing to walk into the Irishman with a boner and walk out with a flaccid piece of licorice. And some recently buttered popcorn. 
Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you got my text. I took three kids to the movie the other day. Eighty-seven dollars. The snacks cost me. Uh, yes, I did get your text. Uh, I just wanted everyone. Okay, to old man, it. Joe. <laughs> That's eighty-seven dollars. Because I did this move. I always do at the theater when I get the snacks. Mm-hmm. I look at the guy and I go three thousand dollars, and they always go ha ha ha. And he did. He goes ha ha ha, and then he goes eighty-seven dollars, and I, <laughs> I almost went. Did the old man like you're kidding or like I only wanted hat you know whatever it is? I remember when this was a quarter. No, come on, now. get out of here. You're heading there, buddy. You're yeah, almost I guess, there. I guess I'm so there. proud of you. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, anyway, I, I look forward to the next PT. Curmudgeon the musical. <laughs> and I'd like to. I sometimes I would like to do a Wes Anderson uh, show with you because. Okay. I totally respect you, the place you come from on it, and yet I think you would enjoy talking about two or three movies. Well, you know, here's the thing, like, because I kind of got, I think I saw two movies. The thing about Wes Anderson is that I can love half of a movie from him. Uh And then I just hate the rest of it. You know what's interesting? I mean, literally hate the rest of it. Like, the Royal Tannenbaum's, the first half of that movie is was wonderful i yeah. loved it oh so quirky yeah and then it just like started eating its own quirky butt i didn't care for well, it well here's so. what here's what might be a go for you quirky because the butt. last quirky butt mm, i get well, um is the last two wes anderson movies i haven't liked it <clears throat> excuse me as much mm-hmm. because i felt like i mentioned before like he's doing himself but then trying to do something extra yeah, yeah. it could be that those are movies that you'd really like because it would take you out of him That's being what I'm pure saying. Him. I would be okay with you coming up with, with a couple of Wes Anderson movies yeah, yeah. that I might like. Yeah, yeah sure. Awesome. I mean, maybe the Grand Budapest Hotel. You know what was really funny? I was reading this thing. Okay, this is going to be fucking controversial, my friend. I was Aww. reading this uh, article, and it was talking about how Ralph Fiennes never gets to do comedy. Mm-hmm. Well, show this list. I mean, Well, no. Okay, I'm saying that. Like, that character is yeah. darkly funny in that movie. Oh. That's one of the... I absolve he's, you. He is hilarious. The I absolve you thing is actually, yeah. I mean, you don't want to go around saying it's no, funny. No, 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 but no, but no, no. I know what you mean. In the same way that something that is not funny but like pops out of darkness is funny. Well, we talked about it with Magnolia. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. brilliant comedic timing to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. He I had his detractors. I thought I had the other night. No, no. It's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting. It's a yeah, yeah. All right, buddy. I love you. Uh, it's been wang, too long. Wang, I'm glad wang, we're wang. back doing this. I think wow. we have one in the chamber soon. So let's get back on the train, buddy. Well, I do have to go to the bathroom. All right. Get that in the chamber. Okay. Chamber pot. All right. <laughs> Poop joke. <laughs>